Welcome, everyone. This is the I'm Speaking podcast hosted by Mercy Hernandez and Priya Namar. We're speaking because you've been asking. Join us for a new season as we open up, speak up, and uplift voices everywhere. And of course, all views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the hosts and do not represent any outside entities. We have a lot to say, so let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to season six of our podcast. This is episode two, the top five women who revolutionized Earth Day. So before we even start, I kind of feel like we need to like talk about the history of Earth Day. And so I'm going to just give you like the short version. <laughs> so the first Earth Day was a staff. Oh, back up a little bit. If you don't know already, Earth Day is April 22nd. And I feel like people worldwide, this is probably one of the most celebrated days in the year. People worldwide use this day to promote awareness about the environment. So the first Earth Day was established in 1970. And it was inspired by a woman who wrote a book called The Silent Spring in 1962. So it took about eight years for them to establish Earth Day, but the people who established Earth Day were inspired by Rachel's book, The Silent Spring, where she erased awareness and concern for the planet. And she talked about, I mean, a lot of information in this book, because I actually looked it up on Amazon and I listened to the sample, the uh, audio sample of it. So a lot of, of the, the information book? of her book, The Silent Spring, because I'm like, well, maybe you can just, you know, download the book and read it or mm -hmm. listen to it. And a lot of the information is outdated um, because, of course, we have science and more updated facts. And a lot of crazy stuff is happening right now at our polls where you know, the temperatures are really high. And people sure. are not talking about it <laughs> enough. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So uh, anyway, so the book, um, Silent Spring, really inspired a lot of people to take action because at that time 1962 it was it was bad it's worse now but it was bad um and in 1970 senator gaylord Ness nelson gaylord nelson from wisconsin and co-chair republican congressman pete mccloskey ironic because he's a republican and for a long time republicans like george bush supported environmental awareness and earth day but now they deny it <laughs> <laughs> they deny the climate science, obviously, for probably for many reasons. Uh, unfortunately. Yep. Um, and a student activist named Dennis Hayes established Earth Day on April 22nd, um, back in 1970. Um, and then it, it really didn't become mainstream until the 1990s. Why, Mercy? Do you remember why? Yes, of course, because of the movie that came out, An Inconvenient Truth. Mm -hmm. Am I right or wrong? Uh, <laughs> You're testing I, me here. Was that the right answer? Uh, was that the right answer? Because that was our inspiration. But no, wait. Our, we started the organization in 2007. Yeah. So the movie was right before that. Yes. But so it, it was actually something prior. Yeah. So uh, George Bush, Al Gore, all of them really started pushing it. Um, and of course they weren't the only catalysts for becoming mainstream. We had tons of activists coming out. Uh, people were taking to the streets and protesting all the climate atrocities that were happening. Um, but that's when it really like blew up in the mainstream um, and became a big thing for people to really celebrate every year. Even though it was established in 1970, people didn't, it wasn't, like, yeah, right. regular people didn't really take notice until the 1990s. And I even remember as a child, 
in um in sixth grade, my my science teacher, her name was Miss Mafia in Queens. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I always talk about the story because she was one of those teachers that really inspired me. She um, she was all about anim- animal um, protecting animals and animal rights. And we did a huge campaign in her class about dolphins and tuna cans and how, which is, it's still happening. It's still relevant. <laughs> it's still yeah. happening. There was just, there was a documentary out, I forgot the name of it. I know you watched it. I know I watched yes, it. We talked yes, about yes, it. Yes, to do with the ocean and yes, fish. Yeah. I remember Raquel told us about it. Mm-hmm. I watched it. So it's still happening, you know, with uh, tuna, tuna companies, fishing companies, just decimating dolphin um, pods and, you know, other animals um, in the ocean. So, yeah. yeah. So she had us do a whole campaign about dolphins and that really impacted me and my whole life, you know, from that and then on, I really like, you know, wanted to do more and make a bigger impact. So this all happened in 1990s. Um, and so we're, we're going to talk about in this episode, because I'm going on a rant because, you know, we're very passionate about this topic. <laughs> so back up a second. Yeah. Educate, educate me here. Yes. On, on Earth Day itself. So you're yeah. saying something big happened in the 90s. Yeah. Well, it became, it, more, it became more mainstream in the 90s. More people were talking about it. Al Gore... Lots we're already of having the conversation. A- activists okay. were already having this conversation. I, rem- I remember the Exxon spill in the 90s. Do you remember Ooh, that? Yeah, I remember that, yeah. of course. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of bad true. things were happening back then. But if you look, it was like, it was like nothing. It was like peanuts compared to what's happening now. Because right. um, there have been all these major reports about the temperature at, the, at our poles right now. And I feel like it's a precursor to one of those uh, apocalyptic movies. <laughs> don't look up. <laughs> yeah, don't look up. Nobody's listening. Everybody's Nobody so concerned listening. about the Will Smith slap we were talking about. Exactly, story. exactly. And you're talking about science. There's science here. There's so much happening. Yes, yes. So focus on the petty. Well, it's not even the petty, too. Like, everybody's focused on the war going on right now with Ukraine and right, Russia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, that is before the war, we weren't, you know, it's even before the war, we are not paying attention to so many things are so relevant and so important. And we're just not. I feel like hopefully, hopefully we're going to inspire some, some women to really, you know, do something attention to it. Yeah. Yep. Follow through on some of this. It's already started. Let's kick this off. I have five women that I chose. Of course you can jump in if you like know any other women. If um, I feel inspired, if you feel inspired, <laughs> uh, but this was actually really hard because there are a lot of men involved in this movement. And I was searching for like some key women um, that have been really pushing environmental awareness, uh, you know, since the beginning of mainstream science, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how else to phrase it. So let's talk about a little bit about Rachel Carson, who wrote Silent Spring. She wrote other books as well. Uh, she was born in 1907, died in 1964. She was a, an American marine biologist, author, and conservationist. She was hired by the U.S. Bureau of Fisheries to write radio scripts during the Depression and supplemented her income writing feature articles on natural history for the Baltimore Sun. She began a 15-year career in the Federal Reserve as a scientist and editor in 1936 and rose to become editor-in-chief of all publications for the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. So other than being a, a, a marine biologist, she was um, she had a high ranking position in the government and that's what gave, got her notoriety. And she- And the tool to, 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 and the, the tool to make a difference. 
Exactly. And the tool to make a difference. So she was, you know, she was so concerned by different, um, different things happening in the environment. She wrote several articles designed to teach people about the wonder and the beauty of the living world, like help your child wonder, um, mm -hmm. our ever changing shore, because she was a marine biologist, and a couple other books. And she was disturbed by the profligate use, that's a big word, I need to look that up, the profligate use of synthetic chemical pesticides after World War II. Um, and that's what inspired her to write Silent Spring, actually, where she challenged the practices of agricultural scientists and the government and called for change in the way humankind view, view the natural world. Meaning like we were taking advantage as we always have. <laughs> and we weren't really think about, thinking about the chemicals and everything that we were using in the environment. So uh, she attacked, uh, she was attacked by the chemical industry and some in government as an alarmist, but courageously spoke out. Yeah, of course. Courageously spoke out to remind us that we are a vulnerable part of the natural word world, subject to the same damage as the rest of the eco as the rest of the ecosystem. And I think that cannot be more on point because we um, we still our egos get in the way. Yeah, <laughs> we think yeah. that we're the shit on this planet. Everything revolves around us. Um, you know, even when we say we got to save our planet, it's like our planet. You know, it's not just our planet. You know, it belongs to all the living species on this planet. But we just happen to be the most um, sentient, I guess, of all the species. So um, she testified in Congress in 1963 and called for new policies to protect human health and the environment. She died in 1964 after a long battle with breast cancer. So she really, really did make a huge impact. You know, we were talking about this earlier offline about, so full disclosure, I had some anxiety creating um, research and content for this podcast mm -hmm. because I was thinking about my own worth and what I've done, but she did something as something we think as, well, it's not small, but she wrote a book. She wasn't thinking this is going to proliferate into future generations. She's like, I just need to write this book and get this information out so people could see it and read it and hopefully do something about it. But she didn't know she would start an environmental revolution. Like, right, the impact you know, that she would have impact. in generations to come exactly. at a global level. Exactly. All right. Beautiful. So the next person I have is Margaret Murray. She was called Marty. Margaret. And um, she was born in 1902, died in 2003. Wow, she lived a long life. Um, and Margaret Murray is often considered one of the grandmothers of conservation. She had tireless, tireless advocacy led to the protection of some of the most important wildlife areas left on the planet, including Alaska's Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. Her testimony was instrumental in the passage of the Alaskan National Interest Lands Conservation Act which set aside 104 million acres of land in Alaska and doubled the size of the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. She was quoted as saying, I am testifying as an emotional woman and I would like to ask you gentlemen, what's wrong? <laughs> what's wrong with my, with my, with emotion? Oh, Margaret, Margaret, we're still plagued with that. Uh, beauty, <laughs> beauty is a resource in and of itself. Alaska must be allowed to be Alaska. That are that is her greatest economy. I hope the United States of America is not so rich that she can afford to let the wilderness pass by 
or so poor she cannot afford to keep them. Mm, um, and strong. you know, yeah, that is very strong. And you know, you think you're probably listening, thinking, "Oh, that's just Alaska," you know. But Alaska is a large piece of land, acres mm-hmm. and acres of of wildlife, wildlife refuge, uh, of natural resources, and they're always trying to build oil pipelines through Alaska. So and it is breathtaking. It is so beautiful. I yep. remember it, I went back in '94. Oh wow! Yeah, it was beautiful, wow. beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, that was a long time ago, 1994. 1900s, yeah. Mercy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm aging myself. <laughs> okay, the next person is Ruth Chickering Lawson. And she was born in 1922, died in 1995, a year after you went to Alaska. There you go. So okay. Ruth, Ruth served as the assistant. Oh. Ruth served as the assistant secretary of energy under President Jimmy Carter where she pushed the Department of Energy to walk the walk by reducing its fossil fuel consumption. So Clausen was instrumental in bringing issues relating to the environment to national attention. And she was quoted as saying, we speak dry words at times, but if one has eyes to see and the mind to perceive that we are working for it, what we are working for is the equality of our environment in this and the next generation. We cannot but feel quickening of the senses. Um, and amen so, to her. Yeah. Amen to her. You know, we're mm-hmm. still dealing with fossil fuel consumption. Just recently, our current administration, um, uh, made a deal with the European union to provide them with natural gas. So what that means for us is that there's going to be more fracking in this country. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, um, that means, um, injury to our natural resources, which is really shitty because yep. this administration had promised, well, in the campaign, they had promised no fracking. And then after the campaign, he said, I will consider fracking. Mm-hmm. And now <laughs> in order to help oh. the European Union, because they don't want to rely on Russia, they are going to be fracking. Right. Well, so, you know, at the end of the day, everything to do with, with our environment and, and with everything goes right back down to politics and the power it has. Yeah, and I, and I think the common theme here is, is the, in the information that we're sharing is that this has been going on for a long time, a long, too long, too long. Um, the next person I have is Lisa P. Jackson. Lisa Perez Jackson, born on February 8th, 1962, is a chemical, American chemical engineer who served served as the first African-American to hold that position as the administration of the United States Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA, from 2009 to 2013. And on December 15, 2008, President Barack Obama nominated Jackson to serve as the administration of the EPA. During her tenure, she oversaw the development of stricter fuel efficiency standards and the EPA's response to the Deepwater Horizon oil spill one of many oil spills we've had over the years. And she's done so much. I definitely encourage you to look her up. And it's one of our more recent um, uh, women that we're noting here. Um, and and she, she, so after she took office and then we had a new administration, the new administration sort of like let go of a lot of these rules, a lot of the EPA rules. We had someone from Exxon um, oil company running the EPA in the administration after Obama. 
and um, which is really sad and it destroyed all the rules. So a lot of the work that she did, this current administration um, is trying to rebuild. Number five is Elizabeth Colbert. She is a journalist and author best known for her 2006 book, Field Notes from a Catastrophe, an observer and commenter on environmentalism for the New Yorker magazine. Her most recent book, The Sixth Extin Extinction, an unnatural history covers past mass extinctions and demonstrates that the earth and humans are in the midst of a sixth mass extinction. So I've been hearing a lot about this. She chronicles previous mass species extinction events, but argues that whereas the previous five mass extinctions were caused by natural phenomenon, this one is man-made. I've been hearing so much about this. So that is our top five women who have really made an impact through Earth Day and beyond. I'll repeat them for you. Rachel Carson, who wrote Silent Spring and inspired Earth Day itself. Margaret Murray, Ruth Clausen, Lisa P. Jackson, and Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Col Elizabeth Colbert. <laughs> Um, and <laughs> Elizabeth <laughs> Colbert. Um, so go and go out there. And of course, we always recommend you do your own research. Look up these amazing women. I hope this inspires, inspires you a little bit. Also inspires you to uh, be active, um, not only just on Earth Day, but other days during the year. Not every day. Is, not, but no, what's the phrase, Mercy? Every day is Earth Day. Every, yeah, every day is Earth Day. <laughs> Every day is Earth Day. And, you know, there's still so much work to do. There and, is. And I think I'd love to give a shout out um, to our author friend who continues to support our organization and uh, with her love for animals, constantly uh, talks about all the different things that we can do. And she does most of it through the education of young children. So with that being said, a huge um, thank you to Sylvia and Medina and to Green Kids Club. Not only uh, thank you for all of her work and her inspiration and beautiful art, but also for supporting the children that we you know, work so hard to, to inspire for a better tomorrow and for animal protection and our planet and all the things that are so, so important and so overlooked. Absolutely. Uh, Sylvia is just amazing. And she works with a lot of organizations on the ground. Mm -hmm. um, and she's not the only one. There are a lot of people out there that have small NGOs that are working to protect um, animals and to protect the environment. And they don't get Absolutely. noticed every day. There are there are our unsung heroes that yes. are out there doing the small things that, of course, add up to a big thing, which is protecting what we hold so dear. Um, so thank you everyone for listening to the I'm Speaking podcast. This is episode two. So make sure you click on episode three. You like, share, and follow. So we'll see you there. See you there.